Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. So many well-meaning messages continue to go out regarding equity, diversity, and inclusion. I realize that the goal is to address the divides in our nation and in our world. In this podcast, we're going to explore an element of language that I'd like for you to seriously consider and hopefully change. Continuing to use the word minority reinforces oppression. The first five letters of the word the actual root of the word is minor. That word is deficit-based. It implies less than. And that's how people of color have been and are often treated in this world, as minor, as less than, as inferior. Language creates worlds. It reinforces often quite subtly, systems of oppression. It reinforces unconscious bias. I implore you to extricate that word from your vocabulary. I invite you to begin developing a deeper understanding of the power of language, particularly widely accepted language that is meant to describe and define people. Much of that language reinforces power and domination. It fails to challenge us to reflect on how we describe and define each other. I know that some of you are thinking, Joanne, diversity and Inclusion should include all language. I beg to disagree. Others of you are thinking that word minority, it's just about demographics. It's just about numbers of people. It's just about population statistics. In fact, it's not. It absolutely positively is not. Kara Harbstreet in her article titled, I'm in the minority, but I am not a minority, said something that I hope will help you begin to understand the power of language. She said that language and labels matter because they reinforce power, domination, and control. She asserts that language can and does further marginalize people. She asks that all of us, all of us, examine our language choices, and they are choices, to determine which ones reinforce or perpetuate subconscious or unconscious notions that some human beings are minor. Let's get a little bit more specific. What does that mean in relation to this word? While people of color are fewer in number in the United States, and only in the United States, not globally, we're far from minor. 
though that the disparities that we face and continue to face would have the world believe otherwise. The very focus on numbers is another way that we reinforce systems of domination and oppression. It's kind of like less of means less than in our society. I read another enlightening perspective on the use of this word. In Education Reimagined, Dr. Danique Dolly made a powerful point. He said this. He said, I am not minor, my family is not minor, and my people are not minor. When I read that, I really wanted to just stand up and cheer. It's something that I think and feel every time I hear that word used to describe black and brown people. We are not minor. And we need to extricate that word from our vocabularies. We need to shed that label ourselves. We need to reject the nomenclature ourselves and then lead others on that path. Dolly takes it further than I ever considered when he said that when a people are labeled minor, their contributions are also labeled minor or less important. How often do we see this in our world? The history of indigenous people, of black and brown people, of women, and of other ethnicities receive scarce attention in our schools. The stories that we tell about who's successful, who's accomplished, who's a hero, they seldom include people of color. It's very easy to exclude or marginalize those whom we label and deem minor from what we teach. How much do we teach about the contributions that people of color made and continue to make in science, the arts, politics, culture? Those contributions can be negated easily if we unconsciously or even consciously view the contributors as minor. Language is such a powerful tool of creation. It makes our worlds. It shapes our experiences within those worlds. Equally as important, language reinforces social systems. This includes systems of domination, hierarchy, and oppression. Journalists recognize this. Well, they should. I was pleasantly surprised to read that the National Association of Hispanic Journalists put out a request that newsrooms stop using the word minority. They sent the press release to almost every news outlet in the country in August of this year. Their contention is that the word minority minimizes people and erases identities. You know, as much as I've thought about and even advocated for extricating that word from the lexicon of the leaders that I work with, these additional perspectives have been enlightening even for me. Of course, I knew that the word minimized people, but I never thought about how deeply it impacted identity, both self-identity and identity in the larger world. I'm so happy to see 
that lots of sectors think very seriously about language and specifically about that word. That heartens me. Stanford Innovation Review ran a piece back in 2009, so they've been thinking about this for a long time. Rosetta Thurman is the author. She targeted the article to nonprofit leadership. Thurman specifically and without reservation admonished nonprofits to stop using the term to describe the communities that they serve. She made a really simple point. The term has negative connotations, it blankets the communities they serve, and in essence, it eradicates identities. I thought that was so interesting. Thurman took it deeper by saying that the term itself is antiquated. She calls on each of us to deepen our cultural competence by examining our language. And with that, I think she hit the nail on the head for all people. Language and cultural competence are interwoven. When we raise the bar on one, we necessarily impact the other. I mentioned that there is a wave of understanding about the pejorative nature of this word in many, many sectors. We talked about nonprofits, journalism, education, and even social commentaries. Well, the awareness extends to academic medicine. Silk Soto Santiago called her physician colleagues to come to a deeper understanding that academic medicine needs to move towards inclusive language. Her article is another one that raised my awareness. I'd never considered the fact that by using language that marginalizes physicians of color, we're also minimizing their scholarship and their well-being. This reduces the tremendous value that their diversity brings to academic medicine. You know, I never thought about that before. Really never thought about it. Thinking about the ways in which that language, that use of language is negatively impacting our work and our world, it is really important to reflect and to make some changes. It's like we have to take mindful moments exclusively devoted to the language of inclusion, really, really stopping and reflecting, quietly thinking about not just this word, but about the language that we choose to use. Is it inclusive? Does it marginalize people? And here's the real question. Are you willing to make changes? As we wrap up, I'd like to invite you to refer to people of color as people of color. I'd like to invite you, encourage you, implore you to extricate the word minority from your vocabulary so that you can extricate it and its hidden meanings from your subconscious thinking. As we move to create inclusive organizations, communities, and countries, and even an inclusive world, there continue to be countless learning opportunities for all of us. Please join me in exploring and understanding the power of words. 
because words create our very existence. I wish each of us peace and joy and the courage to continue to be drum majors for justice. Thank you, Dr. King. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.